Welcome to episode 278 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, welcome along to episode 278 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm awesome, Bevan. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm pretty awesome too. Why are you Good. awesome? Because it's uh, 7.50 in the morning and I've got my training done for the day. Just had your breakfast? Just had my breakfast. Had yourself at home? Ready to rumble. Ready to <laughs> rumble. about to belch in the, in the nice microphones. Belch. The thing is, we've got these new this audio technical stuff and the ears are awesome. The sound quality that we get is phenomenal. It picks up every sound and John's been eating his breakfast and I've had my earphones on. And to be honest, a little bit sick of that sound, John. Mm, yes, I Am right. Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com For the world's most amazing coffee. Athlinks.com For the, your world's most amazing friends And extreme endurance For the world's most amazing lactic buffer Alrighty guys, in this week's show what have we got? we've got a bit of news um, Let me put up my show notes here We've got a bit of news, we've got an uh, age group of the week now, uh, Have we sorry, got a high five? No, we have, uh, sorry, oh. sorry Bevan that's See, poor, You're that's, making me look bad That's poor performance by me Is there a website of the week? No, we've got news, we've got a high five Is the coaches calling on you there? Are we having an interview? interview? Questions? No, we're not oh. I did not edit the start Forston's website. I didn't include that this week. We'll do that. He was pretty week. excited that we teased about it last week. Okay. Next week. Next week, Thorsten. A, a solid. We're going to start the Kona build up next week. That's what we're doing. Okay. Thorsten. It can be part of the Kona build up. Thorsten, sorry, not Thorsten. Thorsten, Thorsten. Thorsten. Okay. High profile. Okay, John. Well, first of all, we're going to talk about a few results that happened last weekend. And the first race that you want to talk about is the Cologne. 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 226. Where was it? It was in Germany. Oh, okay, and Raylert took out the half. He took out the half, so they've got a half for full. Um, but yeah, good. To see. It's, it's really good timing for those guys for a half. Sort of the top guys about five, six, six mm, weeks out. Good so out. Um, he had a nice little hit out there. But uh, we we're obviously talking about the was there much competition. Yeah, no, he won by about ten minutes. Oh, so okay. you normally say maybe that's not that much competition, but any race that he does, he wins by about that much. So. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of um, I don't know, pressure. He's, he's going to be the favourite for Kona. Um, but, he's going to be the favourite, uh, isn't he? But not massively so. You know, he'll be the favourite, but there's plenty of other guys that can take the title. So he took the half out on the um, the full side of things. Uh, typically strong Germans athletes racing. He had Jorg uh, Pertzbich, um in 8.28. So that's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, Clement Conan in second in 8.35. And Christian... Natachil uh, from Team BBB in third and eight. Team TBB. You know so well lately, mate. I know. I was giving you all this praise. Just keep it up. On the girls' side of things, Diana Riser from, from Team, team TBB. Oh, great work, mate. Turned it around. And nine nine eleven. And uh, in second, Alma Gruber. I'm having no chance of these. Nine seventeen and third. Gabriella, it's a little bit small on my screen. Yeah, same, it's small on my screen. Hutchin Sligler in uh, <laughs> 9.42. But Clement Comins, he I think he might have been the first age group athlete in Kona a few years ago. Um, it's a very solid, you know, very solid athlete. Yeah, do you really remember times. that? Just, yeah, just I do. out of your butt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's pretty impressive, mate. Yeah, he's right up there. I mean, when you, if you're the first age group in Kona, 
Yeah, but it's for someone to remember it. Well, he's German. Name just rings a bell. Oh, if you're right, I don't know if you're right or not, but if you do, I'm, you've just impressed me. I'm going to let you off that 10 okay. TPB stuff at the start because that was fantastic. Me. Thank you. The Canadian 226 also happened, and uh, I could probably help you out with these ones a little bit. Okay. Actually, no, I'm not going to. You do it. Kevin, Kevin Willis, 10.15. Christian Arnold, uh, 10.53. And uh, Stefan Brett in 11 hours. Girls side of things. Sandra Bars, 11.44. Izzy Odette in eleven fifty seven and oh very close three a sprint finish in third place Michelle Schuler really eleven fifty seven three second difference wow so John do we know if this is just a slow field or is it a hard course uh, I think it's more of a slow field okay. I think in, in Canada this month every year we seem to have about three or f- three iron distance races you have this one you have Ironman Canada and you have the one over in uh, which will probably be on next weekend the Spirit which is in uh, Montreal but we also had the Polska Triathlon at the weekend it's uh, their only iron distance race they have and uh, they have around about, 50, around about 50 finishes and my Polish reporters tell me that they had a team um, come over from Siberia oh really in Russia because it was the closest race iron distance race for them and it was very well priced so the winner was Jacek uh, Gardner from uh, Poland and he did 10 hours and 12, 12 seconds. seconds he'd be gutted not you to would be gutted with that wouldn't you um, in second place uh, Robert Respla in he did about 12, 14, 10, 14, 14, 14 14 and in 10, 25 Goody Verlanton Polish chips? names uh, that's a good point doesn't doesn't dis- doesn't really no. say no and my Polish girls Wait a second. Yes, it might have yes, females, so. females, females, females. Not many females in Poland. No, there's no females in Poland. Or oh, maybe K. What's a K? Could have been. A, no, that's a team. That's a team from. That must be the team from Siberia. No, they don't believe in females in Poland, John. They do have quite a few iron distance. Right? Oh, I thought you were going to no, say they no. do have quite a few females in Poland. No, they do have some females in Poland, um, but they have quite a few iron distance athletes. But they often go off and do other other races. It's. Um, yeah, they've got a reasonable number of um, Olympic distance. But interestingly over there, and I think this is a reasonably common across Europe, is all their Olympic distance races and stuff are draft draft legal. Oh, you know, they are? Yeah, like for age groupers and everything. And, uh, so they never have non-drafting? Yeah, so Jacek, my, my Polish man's always saying to me, oh, you know, we're going to do this race. I said, go to a draft, a non-drafting yeah, race. Keep you know? it real. Keep it real. Keep it old school. Keep it old school. Okay, well, what we love about you guys is that you always, you do our work for us nowadays, and we've been complaining when websites don't put up the, you know, who's going to be competing and stuff. And what we're loving is recently, all well, you guys are actually sending us through, all the, you know, who's going to be racing. And Michael Shortread sent through the list for what I'm in Wisconsin. Mm, coming out this weekend. And as you would expect, you know, you haven't got any of the, the big hitters there because they'll mm-hmm. be in, in kind of preparations, but it's a good chance for the, the second sort of tier athlete to to get a bit of a payday and also accrue some points, some valuable points for next year if Kona was on their agenda. And I guess when we've we've talked about um, those, you know, the guys that want to get to Kona and there's a bit of a struggle, then these are the races that where they can go and they know if they're up to it, they should be able to get a pretty good result and get some um, some pretty reasonable points. So really, although there's many points for this race, probably not a huge amount, but uh, but if you get this win here, it could help. Yeah. So really, there's um, <laughs> trying to sound. Uh, 
mean to any of these people. There's no, there's no big names there. I mean, uh, on the Toby Redcliffe, John. Toby Redcliffe, but he's entered in two races this weekend. He's supposed to be racing in Wales as well. So who knows if he's? Well, that's how great up. he is. Yes, <laughs> he's going to be in yeah. Wales one day. Get the 24-hour turnaround on the plane. Turn up and win both. We'll see him winning Kona yeah. next yeah, year. Tell you. So on the girls, so I think the only names that I really recognise there are Meredith uh, Kessler, pretty solid athlete. Heather Golnick, I mean, know yeah. she's solid, but she's been around for a long time. She's also involved, be involved with the Rev Three series. Um, and that's about all the names that I recognise on the girls' side of things. On the guys, you've got Roman Guillaume, uh, who has performed, you know, been podium before in, in iron distance races. And then you've got the Tobinator in there. And uh, really, not a lot of the names under there that I, um, that I sort of recognise. So we'll see how that one cranks out this weekend. Well, someone else did send through the Wales list, but we haven't given them a love on this one. Whoever Sorry it was. about that. Yeah, well, thank you very much. A couple much of people that. did, actually. Yeah, I think. they did, yeah. So probably, this is the first I'm in Wales, isn't it? It is the first I'm yeah. in Wales. And yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, interest uh, about how the swim's going to go because when they did the trial for the course quite some time ago, um, the swim was somewhat challenging and uh, and quite long. So oh, really? it sounds like good on them for having a bit of a trial event and, as in uh, too long yeah the, 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 there was a lot of rips and there was a lot of uh, waves in the, in the, in the swim so the people, sea swim so yeah so people swam a long way off course so um, it breaks your heart when you're swimming off course eh? oh yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, it's, it's going to be a beautiful course it's going to be challenging uh, I've been over there before I haven't ridden over there but it's um, it should be a really nice day but a good challenging day don't expect to see particularly fast times unless the course is short uh, I've got to say Phil Graves would probably be the, the favourite wouldn't he he would be but and Aaron, then probably Toby Radcliffe Toby Radcliffe again <laughs> Aaron Farlow, he won Ironman UK recently in his first ever iron distance race, so he's going to have to be in pretty good shape. Nick Saunders, solid athlete. Philip Graves, haven't really seen much from him in a couple of years. He just started well, no, pounding everybody a while ago. Well, when we were in Kona, that was the last time he was in Kona, was it? Did he race Kona last year? I, I don't believe Remember so. Remember he blew away on the bike, mm-hmm. you know, good swims, and killed the bike and then blew up and basically that was the end of his day. Yeah. And then he said he wasn't going to do any Ironman for a while, so he's getting back into it. Yeah, but we haven't even seen his name really popping up in, in 70.3s or half Ironmans anywhere. So um, yeah, interesting to see where, how he goes. Tuka Mietinen, who trained down here in Christchurch last year. He was uh, the Finnish dude who was out at um, my yep. race that I had. And then also got uh, Kiwi Bevan McKinnon cranking out another Ironman. He's done a lot of races this, um, this winter. Who, who are you picking? I am going to go with Aaron Farlow. Just because he's got form? Yes. Okay, then on the chick side of things? Uh, a bit like... Um, the Small profiles, aren't they? We've got like basically... Oh, uh, I, 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 I deleted okay. a few people out of there. I, I, all the girls, I kept all the girls. The girls' profile is six, um, and the only name that I recognise in there is uh, Joe Carrot. Joe Carrot. Yeah. Um, I've seen Christian Moller's name before, um, but don't know a lot about her. So pretty small field, but again... It's that time of the year, and this isn't anything unusual. This is what we're sort of starting yeah. to see every year now. Um, so good chance for those guys to crank it, and good chance for some age groupers to get some high overall placings. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, we've got uh, Mark G sent through a message about this. Uh, Rev 3 Cedar Point is coming over the next week, so please make sure you give them some love on the show in your next podcast, which we're doing. So we're doing our work. They're running a full rev, a half rev, a, and a little rev. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a little um, fire engine, um, which is an adventure race for races and their kids the day before. A great Cedar Point is a big theme park with some of the best roller coaster rides in the world. So this is a family friendly event. $100,000 US prize for the first. 16 Ks goes first. 11 second. Third gets 7 K. So on down to 10th where they get 500. He's got a list of the pros. Um, do you want me to pull that up? Or you kind yeah, of... No, you pull that up. Um, and if you go to the Rev3 site, they really do a good job of 
profiling the pros, a bit like what the Challenge used to do. Challenge need to pick up the game where they used to have that on the right side and on the Challenge site where, they, where they've sort of got their pro roster and got pictures, yeah, of, all, is- pictures of all the athletes so you can really see what's going on. Um, but good prize money, you know, better than most iron distance races. Um, and there's also the big part of what they're doing is it's a series. So if you commit to the series, then there's there's bonuses for, for, for doing the whole series. So and, and they also have a variety of distances. So it's quite a cool concept how you've got – they have an Olympic, they have some half, um, and they have – obviously here you've got the, the full and you sort of accrue points. So um, James Kanana took it out last year in 820 and Jason Shortis was there. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's uh, it's – do you think? Do you think? I'm just thinking. You know, obviously they've got this. You know, if you commit to the series, there's a chance you could big, big, big win money big mm-hmm. time. And, and there's a, you know, obviously that's partly maybe to try to attract people, you know, the pros to stay with them for the whole series. But do you actually think that works, or do you just think that goes well? You know, one person ends up making money easy because they're, you know, the best person. There's just so many races yeah. um, on now that I think if, if Challenge do the same thing, um, they've got more races and they're more spread out that I think that would be I, th- I think that's a really big step that they could make what WTC are obviously rewarding um, people that stay in their series wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if they brought in some sort of bonus for being high highly ranked um, do you have to do every race in this now I, I don't know Bevan you ask me questions I don't know well it's just that Matty Reed's got 660 points as the leader currently but he's mm. not racing this race so does he then I don't think you, I would imagine you don't have to do them all, but you have to do enough to yeah to it, win the points exactly. Julie so. Dibbins is currently in the lead in the girls' side of things, but then in this weekend's race we've got we've got the um, big sexy Chris McDonald's yep. going to be rocking and rolling. He had a good race a few weeks ago, so that's good to see. We got um, Paul. How does that one? Winuski. Yeah. Um, um, anyone else we know, John? Graham O'Grady. Graham O'Grady. He's solid. If he uh, if he gets going, if he can hand, if he can. Pace himself through this race. He's my race favourite. Okay, then when you've got Becca Key, you've got Hilary Biscay, Kate Major, the chick side's actually pretty strong. Mm. Um, but again, all the races around this t- side of the t- t- time of year are going to be struggling to get, uh, you, you know, your Kona athletes, obviously. Well, uh, good old Mark, he's going to be doing the race as well. He's going to be doing, I think he's doing the half, so. Quite a flat course. Um, it's so may see a bit of drafting out there. It's only got a couple of little bumps and bridges. Uh, so yeah, well, let's see how it goes. Bring it on. Um, what else skip, we got here? Skip that. Uh, we had the challenge Walsy Kawasinkel uh, at the weekend, and Yvonne Van Vlerken took that out. It was a half half distance race. She's not race. doing Kona. Is she not? Well, I don't know. You're doing this race now. Oh, so no, it was a half. Oh, sorry. Okay. It was a half. Okay. Um, she took out uh, Eva Dollinger. Um, very close finish she just passed her just towards the end of the run and the guys side of things I've got to try to remember who won because I'm working off memory I know Timo Bracht um, was there as well so it was Ronnie Sholnick Ronnie Sholnick well done Bevan Thank well you done, guys. you saved me. Thank you, you Thank saved you. me. Just, you know, out of nowhere, it's kind of like you with that guy from Germany who won the age grouper. That's right. Yeah, although I had it right in front of me. So, uh, another... Tick for the challenge series. Apparently, it went very, very well. Well, good start of this. You know, twelve hundred athletes nearly. You know, mm-hmm. going to be rocking with that. Okay. Also, we had um, is this event coming, coming up? up? Okay. Astromad in uh, in Madrid, Spain, and we've got the Espirit um, Iron Distance Race in Montreal. So that was the part three of the, you know, I'm in Canada, Canadian two two six in Espirit three weeks in a row. Plenty of iron distance racing in Canada. Another news, John. We've got the World 70.3 Champs, and obviously we're not covering it because you've <laughs> no peas well, on it. 
Yeah, seventy point three. We're iron, iron yeah, distance know, racing. It's, it's the same athletes. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's what's going to be interesting about it is it's in. Uh, it's in. I've moved it? it, so it's in Florida, and I was speaking to somebody yesterday, and apparently. Uh, Apparently, in the last week in Vegas, it was like 110 degrees. Oh, um, really? So for, for Kiwis... Well, that's Vegas, man. It's hot over there, especially this time of year. For centigrade, I don't know what it is, but it's over 40. It's going to be insanely hot if it's like that, and just, just uncomfortable. It's going to be a good, fair, challenging course, good amount of hills. Um, so I think everybody's happy that it's left... Well, 95% so it, it, of people it's, it's are a hard clear, ride, clear. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a solid test for everybody. And they've also got the world ITU World Long Distance Champs there in November, I think it is, or October. So it's interesting, same race organiser doing um, 70.3 Worlds and ITU Worlds as well. Oh, really? So 70.3 Worlds is going to be staying there. ITU Worlds just moves around from year to year. Um, and the ITU Worlds is a, is, a, is a longer distance as well. So it's good luck for everybody going 70.3. Um, well, they've got, they've got the Biblis, but it's not done as in pros. Like I see Fraser Cutmo in front of me right here, but mm-hmm. they haven't got – they've done it, just mixed it all up, so you don't actually know where the pros are. Mm-hmm. So sort it out. It's not that hard. Sort it out. Um, last week we made an error, and very unlike us – um, but John, John, this is probably the first one ever. Ever, Joe Lawn did make the cut for Kona. Well, we'll back it up. We didn't make an error. The website said. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not going to slam the, the website for doing that. I mean, this was we actually looked at the website before their official cutoff was made, and oh, okay. it, it wasn't particularly clear. You know, there was some numbers there and there was some cues there, so I'm not, I'm not getting all fired up about a bit it. Of but, both. But, bit she, of both. but she did, uh, she did manage to grab the last spot. So oh, good to really? see Joe Lawn yeah, is going to be going to Kona. Okay, John's ITU update. We had a high event just happen and uh, interesting stuff. I, I actually watched it a little bit. I'll tell you what was really interesting. Was the sound kept bloody cutting out and really, really annoying? No, I didn't watch it that long. I only watched it for <laughs> literally 20 seconds. But because um, Fegan actually sent me going, You're watching high V? And I was like, Oh, I'll go watch for a second. No crowd. Oh, uh, there was a bit of crowd. When I was watching the 20 seconds, I saw there was no crowd. Because yeah, yeah. I thought they had the big sponsors. I've got Gillette. You know, obviously, yeah. they're getting some big people behind them now. Yeah. And it's WTC now, isn't it, hy No, it's not. That's the thing. That's This year, it is not WTC. So I watched um, a large amount of the race. Um, but they had the 5150. 5150. Yeah, that's not WTC. That's WTC. Yeah, but that logo was on the site. 5150. Yeah. Yeah, it's WTC. It's not ITU. It's what I'm saying. Sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Again. <laughs> it's a story of my life, I tell you. So, yeah, you're right. I don't know if you said ITU or WC. Whatever. No, I see, I whatever. See, do you want me to go back and show you? No. But, but anyway, um, yeah, I wouldn't say it was uh, a, a gigantic crowd, but it, but it hasn't been in the past when it's been uh, the last handful of years it's been uh, For ITU. me, I suppose, literally, I did watch like 30 seconds of it, but... The thing is, it looks really bad. Like, if you're going to set up a crowd area, based mm. on what you kind of know from previous times, like, they had this, these stadium seats, mm. like, way down, you know, and, like, there was no one in them. And it's kind of like, okay, if you're going to do that, do it like you're doing Ironman New Zealand and have a couple of little seats and it will get mm. blocked up and it looks kind of busy. And uh, in, in terms of the race, it was it was really interesting viewing um, because it, it was, it's a bit like uh, the 70.3 Worlds. You get a good, really good, solid field, Yep. But it's not really a world championship. Because there's no points in it now. Yeah. Yeah. And the 5150 series, I was. Uh, normally, the, in the past couple of years, this has been um, a, a, an ITU event and everyone has turned up. Oh, really? Everyone has turned up because there's big money on so offer. So, what, what was the payday normally? Is it still it's the about, same? Like, normally, it was 200,000 US for first. And is it still the same? This year, it was 151,500 so for first, but there was a lot of other bonuses out on the course. 
So it is by far the biggest prize money, but you have to do some other races to qualify for it. Oh, wow. So you have to do some 5150s. 5150s. So the top 25, well, the top 25, 30, whatever number it was, they qualify to race in this event. Yeah. So you had to have done um, a couple of races. So they're kind of doing the the Ironman thing as well. Mm. You've got to qualify to get to this race, which is a huge payday. So it's no different to to how ITU do as well. You've got to qualify. You've got to have enough points to be racing um, World Championship Series. But it did mean that they did didn't have a stellar field. The timing is also bad because it's a week before the the the, the grand uh, the, the main event on the ITU circuit, the World um, Champs this weekend in Beijing. So timing wasn't appropriate for that. Also, it's Olympic qualifying year, so athletes were not going to be flittering away and doing. Uh, 5150 races because they had to be fully focused on trying yep. to qualify. Do you so, think they were changing a non-Olympic year? I think it's got to. I mean, the, the prize money is just so good. It was it was $151,000 for first. Yeah. It was $75,000 for second. The thing with this, it pays all the way down. So if, uh, if, if you finished in 30th place, you got, I think it was 3000 US, which wow. is, uh, which is you know, I mean, a lot of us are going, 3000 US, it, not that much make, money. Does that make us angry? As WTC guys, I mean, as an Ironman athletes, when WTC is obviously, and I know High V has a history. Well, it's got nothing to do with WTC in terms of the money. It's all the sponsor putting all the money. You look okay. at the other fifty one fifty series, it's twenty five thousand, thirty thousand dollars prize money. It's all the sponsors for that race. Okay. So fifty one fifty is really is just a brand and pulling it into a series. Okay. Um, and much like it is with all the WTC races, you know, we see the different levels of prize money, and that is down to the individual race organisers. Um, how much sponsorship? I think I almost rubbed your leg there, Bevan. Sorry about that. I, I'm just getting a little bit John. <laughs> um, no, wait, I'm just going to have a moment. <laughs> but anyway, the, the way the race panned out because they had a small field, thirty. And it wasn't ridiculously competitive. It was a bit strung out. You know, there were some weaker guys there. It did spread out a bit, so it wasn't an amazing draft fest. There was certainly a few packs out there for the guys, um, but it made pretty good viewing. But we had one guy, this guy Ben Collins, blasted it off the front, and then you could see as soon as he started the run, he was hobbling. He had some sort of injury. I thought he's not going to make it, but. He earned himself some fantastic money because what they had all the way through the course. Um, so he obviously was, looked and thought, well, I can make money from the ride. Well, there was preems. There was 10 preems throughout the race, and they were $5,150. Each preem? Each preem. So oh, wow. he got to the front pretty early on the bike. So he probably picked up, I don't know, five, six preems or so. so maybe got 20, 30 20, grand. 20, 30 grand. Wow. So it's. Um, it's uh, what I would hope that this race maybe comes in the future because it's it's a huge money is maybe it becomes an invitational race or something so they can get you don't have to go and do this series and you get all the big hitters there maybe in a, a non-drafting race and I'd be interested to see if they can pull it off in a non-drafting format. But do you think they'll do that because you know for them they're probably looking at well how do we get these guys these top dudes in the ITU world to come to our other fifty-one fifty races? So it's kind of like the draw card of Kona and you know it is. Um, so it's, it's going to come down to the the guys whether they want to gamble. If, you, if you're in the ITU thing, it's good money and you get looked after by your national federation. If you go off starting doing other races that are non-ITU, you're going to start losing your support from national federation. So it's a bit of a balancing act. You might get given $25,000 by your national federation to, to race and you're thinking, well, I could go and do this 50 on 50 series. I might finish fifth and get 20, 20 grand or something like that. But where do I want to sort of weigh it up and do I want to hack off my national federation? Yeah. So it's quite a tricky um, balancing act. You sort to play. Are there other races, and I'm not really up to the Olympic distance world, are there other races other than high V like there was Lifetime Fitness or is this was, what this, was? The, uh, the, 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 there's a really good circuit in the States now. You can make good money. So, but of this kind of prize money? No. Like, 
50, 65,000, some of the races, um, plus if you do really well in the States, obviously the endorsement's there as well. Yeah. But Ben Collins blasted on the bike, he, then, he, then he dropped out. But interesting story of the day, the winner was Greg Bennett. The guy's nearly 40. Wow, um, he's still going strong too, isn't and he? He's won this race like 100 times too, hasn't he? He hasn't won this one before, but he wins, a lot of, he wins the American Series. Yeah. And, uh, and he more or less blitzed him, you know, he was second off the bike and then just... Um, and then just didn't cruise control on the run, but he was he had it all under control. And so there were other really good guys. He had guys like Chris Gemmell, but he's not on top of his game. He had guys like Andy Potts, Maddie Reed, Hunter Kemper. So they're all good athletes, but you put them into an ITU race at the moment. Um, they're kind of the old guys. They're kind of last they're, generation, they're, aren't they? They're sort of, you yeah. know, they might, they might get a top 20. Not None of those guys top 10s at the moment. So... It was it was it was good good racing, but um yeah you're not you haven't got Brownlee and people like that there. Okay, what about girls? And uh, I saw that girls Marina side of things. Marinda Carfrey, fantastic race. You know, and on the girls side of things, well, it was a bit a little bit stronger. The top end of it, you had um, uh, um, that person. You know that, that girl. person. She's yeah. a great swimmer, great, but she's a good all rounder. But she hasn't done much on the ITU circuit this year. But yeah, Marinda Carfrey storming through. Well, so you don't the know bike. who the winner was. I do. I'm just trying. It's just going to come to me in a couple of seconds. Okay. okay. So um, tell me about Marinda Carfrey's race. Well, I didn't watch much of the girls, but she came through from about maybe fifth or so off the bike, and she came, came past Nicholas Spirig, and she came past Lisa Norton. No, Lisa Norton won it. No, was it Lisa Norton or was it the American girl? You're telling the story, mate. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Marinda Carfrey came through very strongly for second, and I was going to start saying, hey, Marinda Carfrey is, uh, hasn't had a stellar season this year. You know, she's a yep. defending Kona champion, but rough, bit, bit of a roughie. But or is it more that uh, she just hasn't raced that much? She's done a few races. She just hasn't had those dominating performances, but she looks like she's coming into form at the right time of the year. Okay. Um, you also want to talk about ITU Zoffinger. Well, the only reason I want to talk about this is because we had a, <laughs> we had a, a, a Kiwi girl win the ITU World Long Distance Zoffingen Duathlon oh, right. Champs, oh, okay. Mel- Melanie Burke, and her... Um, sure, international lovers, listeners love this. And Yuri Van Stellen, I mean, he won the guys' side of things, but he wins every year, he's awesome. Um, but very impressive, because I thought, kind of, initially I thought, oh, it's just a bit of a hoax, hoax victory, you know, yep. there's probably nobody racing, but she beat um, Erica Chomore, oh, okay. um, and she was only seven minutes off Karen Thurig's course record, so... Solid performance. Nice to have a world champion. Is this girl a triathlete as well? No. Not much of a career in duathlon, is there? No, there is not. Why is it? Why isn't duathlon taken off? We've had this discussion before. No, I don't think we have. We have. It's been, well, it was five but, years ago. Because you kind of think... It's kind of a wintry sort of sport and... Yeah, but you kind of think that, you know, if you look at Joe Public, you know, like in our world, okay, we learn to swim, but for Joe Public, if you look at all those women's triathletes, that the triathlons they have out there, and it's always the swim that puts people off. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, the, you, like when the women's triathletes first started coming to New Zealand, they, the first year they had, there was like a 500 metre swim, you know, 20, 30k bike ride and maybe a 2k run or something like that, 3k yeah. run. And nowadays the swim's like 150 metres because mm. they've just recognised that the swim scares women off. So, or, you know, not women just, but in most of those races, it's kind of a similar thing. And so, you know, you kind of think, well, a, a run bike run would be more appealing to the general public. Maybe we should put it out there for a discussion of the week, Bev, in some stage. Maybe we should, because Why I'm is not taking off? But yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't have any history. Well, it does have history, but it doesn't have the same glamour. You know, we've now got the Olympics, and we've got Kona, and those are, the, those are the type of things that have brought triathlon into we, the limelight. We more win. balanced sport. Duathlon, we And win. also coming up this weekend, oh, we've notes. got the Dextra Energy World Triathlon oh, Championship okay. Series in Beijing. This is a double points race, and it's also for age groupers. It's the World Champs, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be on like Donkey Kong, Bevan. Good new guys over there. Sorry, have you got any guys? Yep, over I've there? got a girl racing in under 19s. Hopefully, she'll get 
top half of the field, hopefully, uh, and also got a guy. We've got two guys in the under twenty three for New Zealand, and again, my guy, hopefully, top half of the field, hopefully. Nice, good times. Okay, sponsor. We're going to talk about coffees of Hawaii, John. What are we going to talk about? Well, they've got good Kona coffee. You know, Kona's coming up. Hey. And uh, in Coffees of Hawaii, I've got a variety of different coffees. I know some people who are going to Kona. So, uh, uh, Bevan and John, we're going to be drinking <laughs> yeah. our Kona coffees out on the coffee cart. I'm going to have some Kona Nightingale, a European, European roast. It's character to the fragrant wine and fruit toned bouquet of this 100% Kona coffee, John. Yes, and the other sort. Uh, Peaberry, a European roast, adds character to the fragrant wine and fruit toned bouquet of this 100% Kona coffee. These single formed beans give an even more concentrated taste to our regular Kona Nightingale copping characteristic. Sold out. Oh, it's sold out. Oh, it's that popular, John. Well, no, that's good because, well, it's not good. Get some more <laughs> sorted out, but they can't, John, because they've got to wait for this harvest. Right. And when would the harvest be? You ask me questions <laughs> I've got no answers to. But if, I think it's a good if – you, if you've got to try geek, you're trying to get a present for us saying yes. – Conery sort of theme stuff. Yes, that's be a liking good one, They'll be liking that's it. That's a good one. So make sure you go to um, IM Talk, click on our Coffees of Hawaii um, logo, and that gives you all the discount codes, and you're away laughing. Well, John Boo, last week on the show I was talking about Belfong's um, her finishing shot, and I put mm. that on the website. It's great. I'm, I'm sure everyone who looked at it, it was a great finishing mm-hmm. shot. And Albert actually put in a vote for one that he had. Now, I'll, I'll put a link to it on – I'll put a video. Some guy at the end of the steeplechase – 3,000. Yeah, yeah, did you see his Finland Ali? Yeah, I saw it on the news. Yeah, yeah. He, he sort of tried to start doing a bit of a dance and the Usain Bolt sort of lightning thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It was very non-Kenyan of him. No, it was very non-Kenyan. And he was dancing, took his top off. Yeah. You don't normally see skinny Kenyans dancing. No, no. no but he, he could move. It was a good celebration, though. It was a good celebration. Well, that was Albert's vote. Okay. What's with the steeplechase? You mean what's with the steeplechase? Well, really? It's not really a New Zealand event, but it's um, it's got a fair amount of prestige. Is it? So it'd be a very, very hard event to race. Very, very hard. Especially because you're like flying around that track. You, your legs are burning. When you're you jump. fully lactated, and those hurdles aren't low, and you've got to jump on those hurdles. That the, you, sometimes they make, they look like dicks because they fall over <laughs> and stuff. But <laughs> man, carnage too. Because oh, it's, it's a wooden. It's not like a hurdle. It yeah, just falls yeah. over. You just get smashed. Yeah, that's ah, be a very, very hard event. <laughs> what about the time at the Olympics years ago where the guy was doing a long jump? I remember the photo, and, and it's mid year. This guy doing a long jump mid year. But his legs broken, his bones out. Mm. Have you seen that photo? Mm. Yeah, that's sensational. It's coffeesofhawaii.com. Get the Kona Coffee team. We're going to have Kona. Well, we're not just going to have Kona Coffee, John. We have everything. Every we're going sort of coffee. all types of coffee. Okay, wait a second. I'm going to do a pause because we sound quality was poor last week. Oh, sorry about last week. We're not sure what happened, but for some reason. Oh, we're not sure. You're not sure. <laughs> Don't drag me into this. Oh, I thought we'd take responsibility for no, the show together. No, you, you take no. the good stuff, I get the exactly. bad stuff. Exactly. You know the rules. <laughs> Well, we're not sure what happened. We, uh, for about 15 minutes of the show, the, the audio went funny, and um, I think it was a computer thing. So I'm just going to double-check today to make sure it's not happening. So we'll have a bit of a pause now, and then we'll come back with discussion of the week. We have a discussion around, I don't know, you had, you had a theory. Oh, just, just bang the mic. Yeah. It's okay. yeah. <laughs> you, you, you had a theory. I don't know. I can't even remember your theory. It was that bad. But <laughs> no, what was your theory? It was... Well, it wasn't necessarily my theory, but if um, the, the rapster also made a comment on, he's got an article on Slow Twitch, which you can go and check out. Very good article, isn't it? And, and really just saying that, you know, and Mac has said this before in the past, you know, why do we have the world champs in, a, in extreme conditions, windy, um, very, very hot, only suits, it suits a certain type of athlete, and should they move the world champs elsewhere, um, still have Kona, so you'd be, still be the Kona champion, but have world champs elsewhere, would it work? 
back and we've actually already done another half an hour of the show and we just realised that it hadn't recorded which kind of sucks isn't quality. it quality so we've got to go got back appointment at 10 so we've got to make sure we're going to be a short show now um, we've, we've discussion going, of the week okay. discussion <laughs> of the week <laughs> we're not sure and what we were going off on all sorts <laughs> of tangents <laughs> Bevan and I were having a good old argument about something so this might sound a little bit crap but we'll, we'll give it a crack anyway so I'm not sure if I've read out the question already but discussion of the week Jordan Rapster made a comment about changing the world champs to different regional champs location every year what do you think do you think a world champs outside of Kona would work? Also, would it affect the Kona race? So, John, do you want to? I'll start off with Chris Jensen from Triathlete Mind. He's got it could work. Following the turn, um, golf and tennis with four majors model would bring attention to the different to the sport, but the legacy would always be in Kona, just as it is in Augusta Nationals or Wimbledon. Can only help the sport at the end, but though. Dave Haywood, uh, I've never heard of a triathlete with the dream of qualifying for Frankfurt or New York. It just doesn't sound the same as qualifying for Kona. Nothing against those places, but the mystique of Kona is different as part of the law of tradition. Do you want me to do my interrupting like I did last time? No, you can give that a skip. <laughs> Graham McCullum Oh you read that one last one Kona He said Kong But it's actually Kona Is the draw for most age groupers Not the world champs I think it should be moved To provide opportunity To athletes with different strengths But this would lose One of WCC's USPs What does that mean John? <laughs> Unique selling point <laughs> You kind of had to hear the last one um, And allow challenge to challenge So in summary A good idea But can't see it happening Right, Ian Hersey, despite all the brand diluting things WTC has done, e.g. Iron Logo Mattress, Iron Man Access Program, it still has a real gem in Kona. The lore, the history, it's synonymous with triathlon. It would be a marketing suicide to dilute that too. Oh, I'm loving James Thomas. Do you know why, John? Why? He thinks a little deeper. Thinking a little deeper about it, I think it would be a good thing. It would vary the course and with the dynamics. It would also free up Kona so that it could be a, just another Iron Man course uh, then more people who wanted to race Kona would get the opportunity. It might also reduce the obvious USA bias and to the athletes' numbers, as well as exposing the host country or continent to the sport. Now, that's actually a really good point, isn't it? Yes. Because let's say, yes, you know, I, 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 you needed to hear the last because he said no to everything I said. But the thing is, like, Melbourne's going to get pretty good exposure because mm-hmm. it's going to be a good race. But if it was the world champs, yep, I think, yep. that would bring huge exposure. You know, like, mm. Melbourne's going to be a good level. But if you've got the world champs in Melbourne, that oh. will be a huge, me- you know, that will be mainstream mm. media stuff mm. in, in Australia. So that's a really good point, James. Yep. You've obviously been thinking a little nice. deeper. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm going to go for Anthony <laughs> Ripamitri. Keep the world champs at Kona. That being said, I think the regional championships should be moved around each year, especially if they would have more available Kona slots and standard races. I'm going to do it. A trucker, McKeever. Um, I think W's, uh, world champs need to stay in Kona. There's a certain reason the Masters is always the most popular golf event because it's the only major that remains in the same place. It is the goal, uh, the goal of all, not going to Frankfurt. Sorry to all the Germans out there, but racing there is not inspiring. I don't know if that's true. You know, racing in the city would be pretty cool, and yeah. the crowds are massive. Another allure of Kona is uh, that, except for the very few who need to qualify for the race here, but say that they do start moving the world champs, how logistically does it work? Does it always stay on the same weekend? Well, that's a good point. What happens to the people who want to race the event that has become... Uh, the world champ that year Basically they have to spend lots of more money To go to a race to the next race Sorry but I'm not of the opinion Don't fix what ain't broke Regional champs sure move them around But leave Kona alone 
you got to remember, people, if you do gigantic posts... Andrew Abbey, we love, it. we love that you've put a lot of thought into it, but it ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Richard, Richard Hughes, keep it at Kona. Just a dream of trying to qualify to be able to race on the Big Island keeps me going. I can pay to go and race on other courses. I have to earn the right to... Uh, to race at Kona. Julian Hudson's got uh, so many other sports movie world champs around, so it seems logical to go down this road. Kona will always be the historical anchor, but the sport is growing so fast across the world that it would not it would be good for the sport to move the world champs around. Why not have a regional champs through uh, which though which are which you qualify for the World Champs at and the World Champs move each year. This would not detract from the importance of the race. The World Champs are the World Champs. Dilute the brand or make it easier or harder to qualify. It would simply move the sport forward. Okay, the last one I'm going to do is Robert Bielan. I would really love if Kona would not be the World Champs. In the current situation, certain athletes just cannot win because of the heat humidity. It would be great to have a World Champs all over the world. People get to see the best of the best, not only in Kona. Sure, the pros will come to the World Champs, which means more spots for age groupers in Kona, um, where they can have their Kona experience. There will always be people wanting to go to Kona, but the hype will decrease, which is a very healthy thing for our sport after so many years of Kona focus. Oh, we saw him a winnie. Uh, Ironman began in Kona, therefore, the world champ should say the, the history is much of what makes the special event so special. It's interesting because the last time we read out, we didn't choose the same people. Mm. And if you listened to the last one, you probably would have thought most people thought stay in Kona, mm. whereas a bit more of a mix now. So, uh, John, your thoughts? Well, Bevan, <laughs> um, I think it's a bit of a hypothetical discussion because I can't see it ever, ever happening because it's just such a valuable thing. Okay, okay, okay. So that's cool. So you, you say it can't happen. Let's say it does happen. Mm-hmm. What would be the value of doing it? You'll get people like uh, Chris Lieto possibly winning the race. <laughs> <laughs> in the last discussion, and the discussion that never had, I said that you get guys who like the big riders who could probably win the world champs, and Don totally disagreed with me. I said they could, they would perform better. But I, I think in the current climate, I think the people that are winning Kona. Um, we would win anywhere. anywhere. You know, you got Raylert, you got Macca, you got Crowey. Um, those guys would do better. I think there's a lot of athletes there that would perform a lot better. Um, Faris Al Sultan, you asked me who won Germany this year, Faris Al Sultan. He did too. Yeah. yeah. So you would think, he's a big guy, you would think he would do better in Kona, but he actually loves the heat um, and he does better in hot environments. Well, that's what he says. Okay, yeah, but, he says but he won it Physiologically. And, and really, since then, he hasn't done a lot since mm. in Kona. But anyway, um, I think it would be. A really good thing because you would give the for the for the athlete it would be a fairer chance you know have different courses from year to year maybe a flat course it'd be a runner's year maybe have a hilly course make it a, a yeah, biker's it, year it does it makes it, it more of a, it, an interesting yeah, yeah. For, for the race for finding the best athlete I think it's a good thing but I think that that Kona is so valuable and you just you just see so many of these comments that I want to go to Kona I want to go to Kona that's the age group thing people who don't even have a chance of ever making it to Kona they talk about they want to go to Kona it's so valuable and if they take away that um, world championship status it's going to get diluted really quickly but I, I suppose the thing is for WGC like I, I agree I, it's never going to happen well not in the next short period of time but the thing is is if like if the, then maybe the world champs becomes the important thing not Kona mm-hmm. you know like if you go and okay this year New York's going to be the world champs yep. you know like you, when I when I qualified for Kona people go oh you know I never really talked about going to the world champs yeah yeah you know like I never really thought of it as you know what I mean even as an age grouper it was more about just getting to this one race whereas maybe the world champs could be actually you know selling that is the thing that attracts people I think that if you took the world champs away from Kona it's going to hurt it. Mm. 
long term and we're saying in the last discussion of, <laughs> of challenge put a million dollar you know million dollar first prize right paying down to 30 where you know you can three grand at 30 a spot that sure you, if you did it one year it wouldn't work but if you're committed to five or six years and all the pros let's say let's say WTC did keep Kona as the world champs but then challenge put on a race somewhere same second the weekend after or something weekend yep so you so the pros had to choose one or the other mm. but the prize money was like 10 times better mm. you know million dollars for the winner paying mm. down to 30 deep you know 3,000 down First year, guys are going to stay in Kona. Maybe, probably, because there's still the value of winning Kona long term. But five, ten years down the piece, if, if, if Challenger were willing to commit that much money to that race, eventually Kona would lose its prestige anyway. Mm-hmm. And then would people want to move away from Kona? And you know, would you want to go to, let's say it was in road? It would be interesting if Kona lost those top pros. It's still, they still had it as the WTC world champs. Would the age groupers keep going, even though the pro field would be would be less? Would there still be that lure and that appeal? Well, so I suppose that, that's the question. Like, if, if for you, and I know you you kind of sit more as the high level athlete, but for you, if you go, okay, well, I could go to Kona and do the world champs, but it's pretty much a second tier race, yeah. or I go to Rote and do the world champs, and you got Maka and Crowey and, and all the top dudes racing that day. You know, Kona has the history, but these oh, guys. No, I'd, if I was a pro, I'd follow the money. Yeah. But even as an age grouper, as an age, as an grouper, age grouper diff- probably slightly different story. Again, I would go if I was wanting to go. If I was going right, I want to go to the world champs, and I would just basically go to the race that I thought was the world champs, where I would get the fairest indication of where I stand. And you'd probably base it on the pros, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, well, it, again, as you said, it'd take a couple of years to figure yeah. out where it's going to lie. Yeah, it would take challenge doing this. You know, I don't think the first it, few it, years. It might be challenge. Anybody, anybody can go yeah. and do this. Yeah, anybody can go and put a race on. Pretty much. I mean, you got your laws and things you got to sort of work through and work in with triathlon rules. But anybody can go put on a race. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. To it see would be interesting the effect of that on Kona. Yeah, again, this is a bit of a silly discussion because WTC could just crush this. They could just get uh, one get one step up on everybody and just. Crank that money in Kona. Well, they're crushing it without the money. They, they are, um, yeah, but so. you still got to. You know, you can't get complacent. There's no. no the, a couple of million bucks is not that much for somebody out there to go right. I'm yeah. going to go crank this. I'm going to go kill this market. Now, well, the one thing that's really interesting is um, Rapsters did an article on SoTwitch, which mm-hmm. was kind of based around this discussion. He kind of talked about why he would rather win Ironman Canada instead of going to Kona. And mm-hmm. you know, people always said, "On well, why aren't you going to Kona?" And he's kind of had you know some good wins at Canada, and he's going well for me. He's not sure. It's just not an appealing race, you know. And, and you know, so. But to be fair, Raps is probably not going to win Kona. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, but and, 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 read his article, John. Okay, I did. I will. Yeah. And it was a bloody good article. Yeah, yeah I just yeah, we're having technical problems today, guys. But the photos have got gold on the article as well. So nice. there you go. This week's discussion, John. So we're going to Kona next week. And you want, do you want to do the rant that we did before as well? You want to talk about it? What was it? Okay, remember. John put on Facebook last week. Oh, who, who do you want to come to Kona? Who do you want us to interview? And we've got some really good ones on there. You know, um, I said, uh, obviously, we're going to go after a lot of the big hitters, you know, your Crowies, your Maccas, your, your Did you ever like sort that. out Chrissy? No, not really. It's been a couple of years since we were the predominant Ironman podcast in the world, John. Well, Chrissy, come on, sort your crap out. You know you want to be on here. Yeah. We're not um, going to get her in Kona. I know that. Yep. We've got plenty of other people we can talk to. Um, she's been good to us, mate. You know what we'll do? As we'll do a puppet Chrissy. Okay. We'll do a fake Chrissy. We'll do a fake Chrissy interview, okay? We're yeah. going to get someone who's quite funny, a chick yeah. who's funny, yeah. and we'll do a fake Chrissy interview. Yes. Okay? That's what we're going to do. If it we might, can't get Chrissy... alienate her. She may not want to come on the show after that. No, no, because we'll do it in a fun way, John. Okay. It, won't be, it won't be say bad things. Anyway, I put up a post up on our Facebook page. People can 
welcome to keep adding to that um, about who you would like us to interview over there. Some people said Mike Riley, um, unlikely given it's going to be a busy week. Anybody who's involved in the WTC, the big hitters like the running uh, of the event, the yeah. running of the event, him, Bob Babbitt, somebody put on their Paul Huddle. Guys, we, we, we can get them on the show at some stage, but un, un, probably unlikely in race yeah. week. Yeah, but I'd love to get Mike Riley on. It'd be good. We need to talk about that discussion around the yes, forum. Yes, it's, it's on, my, on my notes. Okay, it's coming. You'll get it's, it next coming. year. Uh, um, who else do we have? Jules Hollander. Jules Hollander. I mean, Lou Hollander, sorry. Lou Hollander. Now, he's an 80 year old guy who does Kona and he also does quite a bit of writing. He's a bit of a, a scientist y sort of guy. Um, Scott Tinley. Why haven't we had Scott Tinley on the show, John? That's a good point. I haven't got off we my We talked to his wife. We did. And uh, I've got, I can get his details. He's good mates with Melina, so I can get his details. So I'll get And, on to and that. we even had Paul and you Fraser. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why have we had her? No, I just haven't got around to her. She's like the legend. Well, legend. she's going to be on a new podcast. Somebody's going to do maybe. Uh, <laughs> she's gonna maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Luke Bell. Yes, easy. Uh, Pete Jacobs. Easy's been on the show. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy too. And, and John Carlos is saying he's going to win it. Yeah. You think he can? It'd be a bit of an upset, but I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility. Where's biking's going? The biking last year was pretty bloody good. He soloed it, and he. We well, had the fastest run. Yeah. So if he can get the, he can, we know he can swim. Mm. If he can stay off the front pack, you know, good enough. You've got the fastest run. The boy yep. can be up to it. Yep. be awesome if you want it. Um, Matty Reid. I don't even know if he's going to be racing. He's not even going to be there, I don't think. Marino Van Hellenacker. I should be able to get Marino. I've, I've tried emailing, but he hasn't replied. Well, I've tried going through his website, but it's all in um, Belgium. And I, I don't know. But we, we, I, I had a chat to Marino at the party last year afterwards. So. Oh, did you? Yeah, no, he used to train crush it, so I know him quite well. But oh, I just, sorry. I need to get in touch with him. What about Tom O'Donnell? First timer, Rachel Joyce in the Catenator. <laughs> I've just added the Catenator in your name. Nice. <laughs> Rose, yes, we'll get Kit Morrison. Right. Yep, they'll be on there. We knew Kat before she was famous. Mm. We went and interviewed her. That's right. She was a bit sick. Mm. And she, hopefully this year she's going to put sunblock on. Yes. Uh, who else, John? Who, John, who's going to get 33 to cross the line? Oh, that's a that's a that's an annual thing. Okay. So anyway, yeah, if you want to hear, for, um, give some more suggestions on there, go. Sister Madonna Buddha. Yep, nuns are online. We'll get her. Nuns are online. It's website nunsonline.com. So, but this week we need some challenges while we're over there. Um, so we're going to have a transition challenge because Bevan seems to think he can beat me in the transition by putting his no brainy, shoes on. You need a bike first. So yeah, that is a downfall. Uh, okay. Someone taking two bikes to Kona. If you take it two bikes to Kona, let me know because I might borrow one for a couple of days. And so we have got that. Um, Bevan wants to do the underpants one. <laughs> Uh, so I suppose we have to do that. Uh, so we need a few other little challenges. Do we say we say five a challenge a day? How many days are we there for? Well, we get there on Tuesday. Tuesday yeah. Wednesday. What time do we get there Tuesday? Six thirty in the morning. I oh, so we got all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, race day challenge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Post race day challenge. Six six challenges. Okay. Okay. Game on. And we want to try to have ones that. They're going to be pretty close. We don't know? want to get arrested. Yes. Okay, so there are some rules. Yes. <laughs> we don't want to get arrested. And No, I don't want to get arrested in America. Do we have a hint? No. No, no they have guns. Yeah. Hey, it's really funny because in New Zealand our police don't have guns. Yeah. And you go to a country where people have guns and you see a cop walking around with a gun and they hold her and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I'm not going to steal that car anymore. <laughs> So challenges that, that, that should be fairly close, you know, like if we have a swimming race, not really going to be much of a competition. Yeah, dominate the if we have a, a bike hill climb or something, not going to be much of a competition. Yeah. Bevan's going to dominate. Maybe we should have a swim race with a bike hill climb. Well, we could have a handicap race. I don't know. No, we'll, fig- we'll figure it out. I'm not anyway, sharp on the bike now. You've just no. done epic camp. No, I'm not that sharp. Um, I'm on Porno's mountain bike. You'll kill me. So basically ideas, challenges, things you want us to do in Kona. Great. Okay, rock and roll. Here we go. Uh, let's put some music on, John. 
Coaches Corner. I don't know what we're doing with you, but I just did that time. Nice. It's very foggy in Christchurch. We've got the view from the from the new house. We're loving it. And normally we see the mountains and the city and, and the parks and all down below. But not today, John. What's happening out the there? fog's coming this way too. It is. It's moving pretty rapidly, mm-hmm. isn't it? Wow. Won't be able to see you soon. Okay, anyway, Coaches Corner. So what are you going to talk about this week, John? Last week we had How Tao. And I think that was when tips. it was really crusty as well. Oh, was it? Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. How Tao. So it was really some advice on... John, this is going to take forever. No, it's not. Planning your trip to go and do some big mountain climbing a la Epic Camp side of things. Howitao had some great advice in there. Yeah, and I'm going to chip in with a bit more advice as well for you if you're going to so plan we're talking about we're talking about not just hill riding. We're talking about when you're going to be doing like an hour of climbing yeah, mountain, more than mountain climbing. Yeah. So you're going to France, you're going to the Pyrenees, or you're going to the Alps, or you're going to uh, Switzerland. Or is there anywhere you could do it here? No. It's, not, it's pretty real, isn't it? Because it's got mountains. Yeah, no, there's no roads going over those mountains. No, no, it's no. pretty. Um, so I've, I've sort of broken into a few points. Planning, which is important, how to address this last week. Um, one thing you need to be prepared for is low average speeds. Yeah. Uh, so to give you an example, when we were riding, I mean, we were pack riding, and we, you know, on the flats on Epic Camp, you go at a, you usually go at a pretty reasonable pace. Sometimes it's a pretty high pace. But you're going along at a, at a, at a fair clip. Yep. So on uh, the, the days that I checked average speed, which is only a couple of days, which we had big days, we, we were sort of looking around 25, 26k an hour averaging. That's for, actually pretty good. Yeah. For, you um, know, if you look at Long Bay, if you're averaging high 20s, you're doing pretty good in that, and it's mm. actually not that hilly. Mm. So, so we, 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 were, we, were, we were moving along. So And that's, you know, good level age group of athletes, sort of elite and age pack groupers. riding on the flat. riding on the yeah. flat. So if, if, you know, and if we were riding on the flats, we'd probably be looking at, say, an average of – I don't know, 32, 33, 34 maybe. Um, so that's sort of the, the difference that you'd be looking at uh, yeah. in terms of... You would have been more than 34. Mm. But anyway, yeah. it's, it's, it's slow going. Um, when we were riding over there, we were doing two coals a day, and that was when I'm talking about that sort of average speed of 25, 26. Uh, and you really need to do your research on where you're going to do. It takes a, I did a huge amount of research in terms of planning our routes, looking at the different coals, looking how long they were. There's quite a few websites. One, um, climbbybike.com, Howtow mentioned one um, I put that on yes, the last yesterday week. as yeah. well. Uh, yesterday. Last week, there's, there's quite a few out there which they'll tell you the gradients of the hills. They'll tell you also the different ways you can come up them. Like a lot of the climbs, you can come up them two or three different ways. Oh, really? Um, so you want to check that out. Some ways are incredibly challenging. Like the last day on Epic, we did the Col de Grand Colombier. The way we did it was still bloody hard work, um, but we were, you know, we were. It would have been average 10%, plenty of pitches, sort of 12 13%. But then we're going down the other side. Like it was 19 20% for quite long periods. We wouldn't have not got it. And we probably would have not got up that side. So you need to do your research on which way you want to approach climb. Sometimes you don't have much choice when you're going from point to point. But do your research. Um, also check out the Tour de France um, routes. You know, the, the way they do the climbs, they often don't go the extreme ways. Uh, so they, that gives you good ideas on where to start. Usually because the roads get too narrow and they just oh, they can't okay. get like I was watching the the, the Welters on at the moment the Tour of Spain and they go over some funky little tiny climbs but because they don't quite have the level of spectators and they don't have the quite the level of infrastructure probably going around the race like the Tour de France yep. then they're able to do that and they probably don't also have the financial investment required by a lot of the towns to have finishing points in their town yep. um, so the Vuelta go, and, and same with the, the Giro they go up some tiny little roads Tour de France would never ever do that okay. um, big piece of advice it was incredibly successful on Epic Camp um, I had the Garmin Edge 800 uh, which is basically like a GPS for your bike isn't it yeah so yeah. You, you can then what we did is you just plop but not a GPS as in a, like a running GPS that tells you how fast you're on it so it's actually a like a map it's like a car GPS yep 
and then you can go. You can choose pretty much any road. We were going on these tiny little roads that you would never, ever have imagined going down um, if you were travelling with a just a standard map and you had to pull that out of your pocket all the time. So you get yourself a good um, Garmin. It's an Edge 800 that I was what using. What were you looking at for that US? Oh, 500 probably. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then you can create your own courses. You can use sites like um, Gypsies. So that's J-P-S-I-E-S dot com. And you can basically plot your route. And then you can just import that into your, um, your Garmin Edge and uh, boom, you're away. A few oh, so little you tricks. Before you go and yeah, then... A few little tricks you've got to do there. You've got to make sure that course recalculation isn't on. You've got to make sure turn-by-turn <laughs> instructions isn't on. Once you've got it set, you're sweet. Sweet as, bro. Uh, last week I talked a bit about gearing. Some people gave me crap saying, because I had a 3927 and I said that wasn't really suitable for some of the really steep stuff, um, but it is. You, you either want to be looking at getting a triple chain ring on the front, um, you want to be looking at having compact cranks. It's probably the best option and that's what most um, guys were doing on Epic Camp. Um, and as I said, the minimum that I had was 3927, which really was, was okay for a lot of the climbs, um, but for the really steep ones, it was a real, a real battle. Preparation, you need to be prepared, hills, 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 and plenty of hill climbing. Um, I really didn't do much flat riding at all. Uh, you just need to get out there and crank lots of hill reps, whatever you've got um, to get yourself ready. And then pacing yourself on the climbs is critical, um, especially if you come from a short course background. You often think you're a bit better than what you are, and you can go out there and <laughs> you're 15 seconds, eh? crank it for, for the first you know half hour of a climb, but then when you're, you're they're just long, long ways, so you just got to pace yourself. If you've got a power meter, it's just gold. You can just uh, settle in and just pace yourself up but, the climb. I think the other thing is as well, it's kind of like an Ironman really, is you've got to think, okay, well, I want to be strong at the, the second half or the last mm. third, you know, and so you you know, don't go out, go crazy in that first part and know that you're going to have a long road in front of you and so you just sit in a comfortable pace. Exactly. Um, and this is one thing that's really important is, is to work on your descending and if you're a crap descender, do some reading online about the types of things that you should be doing with your descending because um, some well, of the maybe guys you could are, tell them, John. I'm going to tell them oh, a few okay. tips but some of the guys on, on Epic Camp were pretty poor descenders they got better as they went through um, but a lot of people are very very tentative and it's, it actually makes it a lot harder if you're a crappy descender not only does it take longer to get to the bottom of the hill but the braking the, if you're constantly braking and you're going down like a nana it's really hard on your hands it's a lot harder on your shoulders so my first big tip and this is one that I had to give a few guys on, on Epic Camp is to get onto your drops when why you're is descending. it so important it gives you a lot more balance. Um, it, it allows you to. It gives you more braking power through your fingers. As long as you can get your fingers around. So some people who've got tiny little pincy fingers, um, especially some small females, they may struggle. They may struggle to be on their drops because yeah. it's just too far away. It's too far away. But it gives you a lot better balance. It gives you a lot quicker uh, and more effective braking power than if you're just doing it from from sitting on top of your hood. So by the drops, I'm talking about the bendy parts on your yep. your, your handlebars. Um, a lot of people... got to be down low into them. They sit on top of their hoods. They have their hands on their hoods and then they're just sort of pulling down on their, their brakes. So you want to be on your drops. And it takes a little while to get used to it, but once you're used to it, it's by far, far better. And you go and watch any Tour de France, any tours, you'll see all the guys are on there. It's because it's a better position. Um when you're coming through corners, you want to be trying to look through the corner, so where you're going to. Uh, you also want to be looking you know, like a visual line that you want to work around, don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, yes. so you get your angles right. So you're not looking where you are, you're looking where you want to be going to. Um, and on, on some of the really long open descents, maybe where you've got lots of switchbacks coming, just as a bit of a safety thing, it's really good to try to look down through the, the corners a little bit, not when you're in the corner, but when you're just, say, cruising down the straights to see what sort of traffic is coming up the hill, so that, that can also help... Uh, 
coming into the corner because if you've got a camper van coming up and you're coming into a corner, you probably want to take it a little bit more cautiously. And that's my big point. The next one is uh, do be very mindful of oncoming traffic. We're over there at an extremely busy time of the year. There's a lot of traffic coming up. Um, and there's a lot of motorbikes around as well, and often they come screaming past. Yeah, they go past really, the car on the corner. Yeah, yeah. you've got to be you got to be pretty careful about that. So just just be be very mindful of that. If you're going to to France, um, be very wary of Sundays. There's nothing open out there, so you have to be very very self sufficient. Sometimes restaurants and stuff are open, but very very little open on Sundays. Um, in terms of your nutrition, one thing to, to, to really factor in if you're doing more than one coal a day is to really try to eat well at the top of coals, especially if you're doing sort of an up and down coal because when you start climbing, as you do an Ironman, your effort's going to go up, your heart rate's going to go up. It's going to become a lot harder to absorb um, any nutrition that you're going in. Whereas if you have a good feed at the top of a, a coal, you've got a long descent. You know, you might be descending for half an hour or so um, uh, and that gives you a long time where your heart rate's low, your effort's low, and you'll be able to absorb that food in a lot better. So eating at the top of the coals, um, even when you don't necessarily really feel like. And a really final point uh, was to re-emphasise a couple of house towels points. Gloves, headband, and windbreaker. Three key things you want to carry with Take you Take them up with you and then put the them on the way to the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The headband, is when it's hot over there, Old. Keeps well, that sweat out of your eyes. One thing to remember, guys, is as a cyclist, you've got to be looking after yourself the whole time. You know, and, and like in any kind of cycling, you know, it's, it's your job to know that people aren't going to be seeing you. You've got to make yourself really aware. One, one other point in a second. A, a, and with this stuff, it's kind of like times ten. You know, because when it comes down to going downhill. You know, John's saying about being, you know, learning to ride downhill fast, but you also got to make sure you're safe in doing that because there's been times in my, I've been on the bike and I haven't done it well and I've gone to the other side of the road and I've, fortunately there were no cars there, but if there was a car there, I'd be a dead man. And so you've, you've got to really just, you do have to look after yourself and you have to be pretty careful and, and develop your skill, but don't move towards risk. That's right. Yeah. Um, the final point that I just thought of was have some lights on your bike uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the climbing you don't need this but um, you go through a number of tunnels and uh, oh, okay. the big big example the one main one for us was when we went for Brion, from Briançon to Alpe d'Huez and back uh, we went over the Col de Loteray and down the other side of that it was like a 35-40k descent went through quite a few tunnels so the, 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 the ones that are there for um, avalanche protection they often have um, op- opening on the sides but a lot of the tunnels we went through they were just about pitch black oh, really? going through them and you are dacking yourself it oh, is it's scary. really scary and you have like a flipping the tiniest bambina come up behind you and it sounds like a flipping yeah. massive freight train so that's scary but also you know having lights on there is and a lot of people did and we didn't um really really valuable uh, just gives you that slight sense of uh yeah, something coming up behind you is not going to crank straight into you so um that's, you, a, that's you, a big one you, when you went to watch tour de france did you watch them descending no Oh, no, I suppose you wouldn't know because you don't want to watch it up. Yeah. But it would be awesome to watch those guys descend. Oh, yeah. Because for those guys, it's such an important part of their race, isn't it? Well, the, the, the more and more you see it, you're starting to see some attacks on the descent in the, in the, in the Vuelta earlier this week. Um, a team, I think it was Team Liquigas, uh, they attacked off the front and they got three of them broke away off the front and they won the stage. Oh, really? Because they uh, attacked on downhill. And it also happened uh, once or twice in the Tour de France this year that we had, there were some solid attacks off the front. So, But different story. Those guys have got the whole road to, to play with so slightly different oh yeah yeah but it's impressive watching those guys Mm. you know because they're living on the edge Mm. you know i remember reading lance one of lance's books talking about how 
eventually he actually wasn't so aggressive because he thought, well, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, athlinks.com. Let's talk about our sponsor, John. Grouping results by distance. Tell me about it. So what, one of the things I really like here is, is you keep all your results in one place, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, but when you go into Athlinks, you've got to log in, and if you, all your results that you've got stored in there, you can break it down year by year, which is great. You can go back and think, well, what rest did I do in 2001? Yep. Um, but what I really like about it is you can then gr- – it, it does it for you. You don't have to do anything. It just it can group all your races together so you can look at all of your iron distance races um, as one and it will tell you your differential between the difference races and you can just keep it all on one page so you know I've got I don't know, X number of Ironman races. So, so for example, you're saying you, you could put all your Olympic races that you've ever done yeah. and just see how you've done in those races in Exactly. Particular. So, you know, it's going to have on there my rope performance and it's going to have my Ironman New Zealand performance. It's going to say, right, plus 21 minutes or whatever it is, um, how far you're off your PB. Uh, and it's just an effective way of keeping everything together in one place. So just get yourself logged on to Athlinks. Claim all your results. It doesn't take long. Then you just slowly just keep updating. Whenever you do a race, it takes a couple of minutes to get on there. If the result's not up there, you just submit it. They'll get it up there and uh, keep everything in one place. If you go to athletes.com right now. They've got an, the promotion for a race called the Hot Chocolate 15K slash 5K Run Series. But you see that chocolate thing there? There's chocolate there. Oh, good, aren't they? You know, the, the, the chocolate wheel will kind of like, they look like they're a big cake, but it's actually just chocolate running down like water. And you put like a marshmallow or something in there. Do you know what that race is, Bevan? It's a hot. So it's America's. No, I don't know, John. It's America's sweetest race. <laughs> wow, that's pretty sweet, bro. <laughs> so, get on the com, get all your results in one place, and then you can go through and compare them. Check, check, check it out, guys. com, social networking for endurance athletes. Okay, John, what we're we going to talk about next? We're going to go. Oh, we're just going straight to questions and answers. Questions, questions and answers. answers. Okay, this one came through from. You got to put the names that's in there, at John. the bottom. It's um, how uh, not how to. No? It's uh, yeah, the, the wise one. James Hotel. So he was saying he recently did uh, a personal best race. Uh, had a, oh, yeah. Had a fantastic race. And he was saying how wonderful all the advice that we've given him over the years were. He said, and um, some of his points were pre- preparing for all oh, no, the no, no. What he did is he basically said, these are the top tips he's got from the show over the years. Hmm. Now, five years, I was expecting 100. He came up yes, with eight. Yes. But that's okay. So his, his number one said, preparing for every eventuality, not just the best one. They cancelled the swim, and some people were visibly phased by that. Okay, number two, asking yourself what you can do now to have the most impact on your race. That's a good one. Uh, number three, dealing with the heat. Ice down the shorts. Nice one, Bevan. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, number four, M's nutrition and feeling advice. One uh, gram carbohydrate per kg of body weight per hour maximum during the race and in recovery. Uh, number five, gastric emptying speeds. Nice. Uh, number six, preparing the body for a run, stretching out the legs and body on the side, on the ride, standing up in the pedals to get the body to use the weight bearing, bearing. As, uh, bearing as you come into T2. Number seven, racing to feel and staying within yourself on the bike. And number eight, uh, setting up pace goals and negatively splitting the run. Oh, nice work on the negative split. Nice. And uh, so James had a, had a fantastic race, and he's off to do the Pocono 70.3 on October the 2nd. And uh, he just wanted, wanted a little bit of advice he, in, in terms of the training that October he's been doing. October It's a bit, of a bit of a spread between the races that he's, that he's got going on. He's going to keep his training going, um, and he's got a number of sessions sort of, sort of planned in there. But a little bit, he just wanted a little bit of advice so the advice I gave him um, just a couple of, a couple of tips, couple of tips. Um, make sure you know because he's reached a, a good level and he's got to try to hang on to that form for a bit bit further and, and this is um, these tips are sometimes things that I think people 
brush under the carpet a little bit in terms of uh, staying on their A game. So with your swim, trying to make sure you include some open water swimming, um, ideally once a week um, for you guys. And if you, can, if you can con some friends to get into it, some guys at your swim club. And make it specific. Yeah, and actually practice drafting and stuff. It makes, I've, I've talked about this often on the show, but I know when Epic Camp Swimming made me such a better... Like, I swam better in Ironman than I should have, mm. and it was basically because I did the Epic Camp Swimming. Getting off the line, you know, if you can be five metres faster over the first hundred metres of the swim, you're just going to get into a better group. Yeah. And then you're away laughing. Yeah, and then knowing how to work with that group. Um, I think some some people sometimes scare away from intensity um, when they're they're doing iron distance stuff and they maybe step down to to do some halves. Um, You do need to do some some harder training and the swim is really important. So I also said in the swim, say approximately every two weeks, do a really hard swim. So by that I'm talking maybe like a 1K max effort time trial or a fantastic test set. If you ever want a test set, um, to do 10 100s as hard as you can possibly do with around about one minute rest it's a, a nice class, recovery it's a classic swim yourself. set yep. you just you've got to try to go your best average effort all the way through so you go out hard in the first one not so hard that say you go out in your first one and you do say one minute 30 and then your last one you're doing one minute 50 you want to be able to hold it together so you're sort so of 140 five, an example the whole time yeah, yeah. so within, within sort of five seconds or so all the way through but you should be absolutely rooted by the end of that so I'd say doing some uh, Every second week or so doing a really gut-busting swim um, will will lift your game a bit. And then on the bike, a similar sort of thing. I'd say um, a lot of people don't do a lot of time trialling in their their training. And I think doing some some 10-mile time trials or 16K time trials, um, and I've said, say, do maybe three or so between now and the race, and that was sort of in a a two-month period. But getting out there and having the discipline to go out and do a really hard – so for, for average person, probably, I don't know, half an hour, sort of yep. 25 minutes to half an hour for a time trial. You don't need to be looking for a PB every time because wind conditions and everything plays such a huge role. You're as much going out there to, to do a fast time as you are to just have that discipline of, be, of time trialling and just drilling yourself for 25, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a slightly different story with the running because, you know, biking and swimming, Yes, you bug it after the session. You might be nice and tired, screwed, you? but you're not screwed, and the risk of injury is not particularly high. Um, and then on the running side of things, I said to James, really look for run frequency, um, running off the bike as much as possible, even only for, for 10 minutes. And I'm ta- I, I practice what I preach. Like I started my new program yesterday, and like on Mondays, you know, I, I bike for basically 70 minutes, and I'll, I'll be running for 10, 15 minutes off the yep. bike. So I'm going to be running sort of five to six times a week, but a lot of those runs might only be 15 minutes or so. So trying to get your run frequency up high, not getting too carried away with um, high-intensity running. I've sort of said more focus on your biking and your swim and, and really try to put some intensity in there. And um, the other couple of things I said on there was to do some some good simulation sessions and uh, and have one session where you're doing a, a probably maybe two to three weeks out doing a, a, a Olympic distance session where you're basically going at half Ironman effort, perfect um, perfect sort of simulation session. So you're out there for a couple of hours um, at your target race effort. Um, okay, that's there all you good. Go. Love your work. Uh, James, I'm sure you'd be happy with that. And you're saying he's also on Facebook Friends with Hotel now. I'm loving how you guys are all becoming friends with each other. It's a bloody beautiful thing. Brian Miller sent through an email and he's got the. Oh, Brian Miller, I've just added a couple of notes here. Yes. Brian Miller was the guy in the video from last week. Nice, Brian. So he sent through uh, the video from Lake Placid Swim Preview on episode 277. It was me wearing my very fashionable I Am Talk jersey. And you're right about that. My parents and wife were working behind me. Placid was okay with a 55 minute swim, six hour bike run for. 
four-hour run. I was ready to go faster, but didn't pull it off altogether on a day. Loving the show. Thanks for pointing me out. Or you have to actually thank, thank the wise one for that one. Mm. And then I've got... Rob Heath. I put this one in. Rob oh, yeah. Heath. Um, so he gave us some feedback if, uh, a while ago oh, before I went right, to France. Yeah. Um, we were talking about the equilateral triathlon that somebody who would said, be the winner. Who would be the winner? And uh, and Rob Heath. He did some uh, some stats. He said I was bored whilst following Boulder seventy point three online, so I calculated <laughs> who would theoretically win a result based off the Kona twenty two. Which you get people to do, the jobs to do while they're watching an Ironman because mm-hmm. it's a long day. You can get some work done for us. Exactly. That's <laughs> so what he did. Uh, he calculate uh, a calculated factor that would equate to the fastest competitor in each um, leg to two hours. So Andy swim uh, Andy pot swim time is forty eight minutes. So he multiplied swim times by two point four five. Chris Leado's bike time four twenty three divided by two point two, and then Pete Jacobs run at two forty one divided by one point three four. Um, and he factored all that in. And the analysis, the results were quite strange or interesting. Based on my analysis, the top four results would be exactly the same. Macca first, Andreas Raleigh second, Von Hanneke third, Crowley fourth. But instead of six minutes, only two minutes would have spread them at the end. Oh, so it's actually a better race. So it would be very interesting. Coming out of the T2, the top nine would have been separated by under three minutes as opposed to ten minutes at Kona. Exciting racing, theoretically. Yeah. Um, the big losers would be the weak swimmers and the strong bikers. By Rainer Tissing, unfortunately a Fellow Saffa would have dropped three places to eighth, and Timo Brank four places to tenth. The big winners would have been the strong swimmers and weak bikers. Andy Potts up ten places to twelfth, and Pete Jacobs up to, um, from ninth to fifth. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it's interesting to see what theoretically would have happened. Well, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Rob the Red Zebra and beautiful, love your work, Rob. Well, right, Pope sent through. He was uh, he was basically he raced Challenge of Vici a couple of weeks ago, and having selected the race to get a PB. Well, the non-wetsuit swim in the forty-four. Degree race temperatures put paid to that, but staggering over the line around 11:22, an hour slower than his target time. After the race in the athletes' area, I started to chat with a group of Kiwis, exchanging stories of the day and how this was my third and hardest Ironman race, only to find out I was speaking to Jamie White and his girlfriend, who had also raced and beat him. It hurts when you get choked. <laughs> Speaking to a pro really made my day. He was really approachable and happy to speak with age groupers despite the hard day at the office. Anyway, the real reason for the email was as soon as I realised I was speaking to top um, athlete Jamie White, I mentioned that he should make sure he downloads the next episode of I Am Talk as you always mention Kalo fellow Kiwis. Jamie was not aware of the podcast. And I responded to Mike Pope and I said, well, Mike, I, 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 I actually don't believe you because every New Zealand triathlete listens to the show, surely. <laughs> and uh, then I bumped into Jamie at the airport. And then that's what he said. And, and then he, he didn't recognise me. When he mentioned John, no wonder he didn't recognise <laughs> you. He didn't know the show. Shocking. A couple of quick things. Oh, you were mentioning one. Um, Derek Bell. And now, I'm just putting it out there, John. Yeah. But last week on the show, I mentioned that maybe we should go to the Olympics. Yeah. Because we could do shows. Mm-hmm. And we could probably hook up interviews. Yeah, do you reckon we have to get a media pass? No, for the Olympics, you don't no. think? No, because I know I know some people in the, in the you know I know some people. <laughs> Tim Hemming, yeah, he'll help us out. Well, he's saying Tim Hemming is right. You should guys could come to the Olympics, and I agree. It may not be Ironman, but it's an Olympic tri- triathlon event. Woman race on the fourth, men on the seventh of August, I think it is. I'll be on the first to say that you're more than welcome to crash at Tim's house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got him hooked on your show and he's become quite a fanboy. So, uh, you know, we could bring, well, we just pay him with coffees of Hawaii. That's right, it's true. You know, would you be keen? 
if it's financially viable, I'm keen. I'm keen as. If you guys want to get us to the Olympics, <laughs> keen as, bro. Okay, John, what's the last sponsor? Extreme Endurance. Um, last week I mentioned, I'm going to mention again, the automatic delivery available um, for Ironman Talk listeners. When ordering online, choose the automatic delivery box, and when checking out, put in the code AD. I am talk. Um, so that's automatic delivery. I am talk. A D I am talk to receive an even greater discount. Automatic delivery is normally ten percent. Use it, but using the code um, A D I am talk gives an even greater discount of twenty percent with automatic delivery. You save um, time and money, and your product is shipped monthly. No strings attached. You can cancel at any time. So I think with automatic delivery, it is it's cheaper to start with because you're yep. getting it regularly. So then if you get twenty percent off, it's even cheaper. You know, if, if you want to just if you just want to try um, extreme endurance, you get twenty percent off using the I am talk. Code. Um, so it's basically a greater discount for rewarding those people that want to get it. On well, the other thing as basis. well is, is that, you know, the feedback we've gotten from John's experience, I, I'm going to start using it once I start training for this marathon I'm thinking about doing, but the, the feedback we've got is people love it, you know, and, and they really do. And so if you're going to start using it, it's going to be one of those things that you're probably going to maintain using for mm. a long period of time. So you may as well just get the automatic delivery happening so that when it turns up, A, you're going to get it cheaper, but B, you're just not going to worry about, oh, shit, I, you know, I've had that week where I haven't used it. And you do need to stay on it because um, I had an example uh, at the weekend. I, you know, I was using it all the way through Epic Camp, didn't get sore legs at all. Obviously got tired, but didn't get sore legs. Um, didn't really take it from Epic Camp. I didn't. I haven't really run since Epic Camp because I've been bloody well sick. Um, running sort of just not something I've decided to do. So I had um, my first run I think at the weekend, and I only did like thirty, forty minutes. Um, yeah, fairly steady pace. Um, bloody hell, sore. Oh really? I was like, damn it! I should have been on the extreme endurance. <laughs> so yeah, it just helps. Getting back into it. And that's it. where the recurring delivery helps because, you know, exactly. you, you know it's going to turn up every, you know, however you set it. And, you know, it turns up monthly, you know, runs out, there it turns up, you're oh, rocking and rolling. You're right. Okay, so xendurance.com. Mm. Check, check, check it out. Sponsors are? Coffeesofhawaii.com. I get the Conan Nightingale. Athlinks.com. Get on and group your results. And extreme endurance. Just get it tuned up in your mailbox without even you thinking about it. Mm. Okay, John Bo, so what's been happening in your world? I'm looking at some photos right now. John sent me through some photos. Actually, I'm going to cancel doing that. John sent me through some photos, and it's got him in the background. He's got one of him holding a guy in a very awkward position. But, yes. Well, I'll put that one on the website. <laughs> and who is that special person so you're had, holding in an awkward position? So we had Hamish Carter down at the weekend. Tell us about that. It must have uh, been pretty awesome. It was very, very good because um, – Well, first of all, why was he coming down? So we arranged for him to come down to talk uh, at our Tri-Club Awards Dinner. Yep. And Did that draw more people than normal? A few more. Yeah. I was somewhat surprised that we didn't get more. Yep. But it's tough economic times in Christchurch yeah, these days. So uh, people are being fairly thrifty with where they spend their money, which yep. is um, understandable. But anyway, um, he's uh, obviously he's an Olympic champion. That doesn't mean he's uh, necessarily a, a marvellous, amazing guy. But um, it, oh, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> you said that up wrong. <laughs> no. I mean, just because athletes are... Isn't just, a dick. Just because people are good athletes doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be good speakers but, or they're going to be uh, marvellous guys. But, but, in this case, Hamish. Hamish, very nice guy, and very he came to talk... Firstly, he came to a tra- uh, training session. So with our club, we have a session on Saturday mornings, um, an age group session, and then I put on a kids' program as well, and we got the kids along as well afterwards, and uh, we had 30 or so kids along, and, uh, and Hamish came along. And did he take the session? No, he just participated. It was quite entertaining because uh, I picked him up and he said, oh, is it just going to be a bit of a run? And I said, oh, I think it's going to be a bit of a bike as well. Um, <laughs> he goes, oh, okay, because I just had my bike with him. And so he got on the bike and uh, Axel was taking the session on the bike. It was basically an hour hammer, quite a hard session on the wind train, lots of big gear work, standing work. Hamish hasn't been on the bike for like 
a year or two. Oh, really? So he does he's, So what does he do for fitness now? He just does run, a little bit of running. Because he, he still looks like an athlete, doesn't he? Mm. So he suffered through that, and then I doubled him up, double whammy. As soon as he finished that, right, we're off to the kids' session now. And I got him participating in the kids' session, which was uh, the kids absolutely loved it. And the then, thing about Hamish Carter is he's one of those guys, like I, I met him once, but he wouldn't remember that. Well, he probably does, actually. Mm. But, you know, he's just one of those guys who just seems a good person. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know, you used to get people in life, and you just look at them, and you kind of go, that's a good person. And Hamish definitely has that aura about him, doesn't he? Mm. And then he came along and, and talked to our dinner and uh, and I sort of said um, when when we arranged I said oh, I'd be really good to sort of hear how you sort of turn things around from Sydney and then obviously went on to win uh, Olympic gold in Athens and uh, and I think he, he pulled out his, his stock standard speech that he uses for um, for corporates and stuff sort of shrunk it down we said well, you got about 25 minutes or so I think he normally talks for about 40 or so yeah um, but it was just really awesome he, he started off by saying you know um, I'm going to apologise in advance because a lot of this this, this uh, speech is really about failure um, and how, how sort of to deal with failure. So yeah. three quarters of the speech was about all the crappy times he sort of had to go through, but but how he turned it around. And I think the main message that he really well, he had three points, and I can't remember. Exa- I'm not going to quote him, but I think the main thing that came out for most people was you know he was going into to Sydney. He was one of the the hot favourites. So, I mean, if New Zealand. It's having good. Someone sent us through. I've got to get some some love, but someone sent through the video for Sydney. I've been watching it. Yep. And uh, he was having a good swim. Oh, yeah. He got to see the swim. Well, he, 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 was, he, was, he was certainly one of the hot favourites. He was, he was ranked number one in the world. Um, uh, but there was other guys, yeah. He wasn't, yeah, yeah, he he was, wasn't an overwhelming favourite, but he yeah. was certainly expected to get New Zealand a medal. A medal. Yeah. And, uh, and going to that race, you know, and he'd always been told, right, you've got to have these big goals, you've got to have these big goals. And so all he focused on for the years leading into that was Olympic gold. Yeah. I have got to win that Olympic gold. That is, a, that is my, my destiny. I'm doing it. I'm number one in the world, blah, blah, blah. So he's race week he's in the olympic village he, he doesn't 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 have uh fond memories of the olympic village at any olympics he says it's uh it's obviously hyped up to be something amazing but he says it's a real pain in the ass and oh really and and, and not a lot of fun um but you know going to the race he's crapping himself he's standing on the start line all he can think about is i've got to win this olympic gold i've got to win this olympic oh, gold. Really? dives into the water feels crap to start with and just going oh my god this is all going to just disappear on me and just has a just has a crappy crappy race and uh, and just you know just not in the right frame of mind. All he's thinking about is Olympic gold. When it starts slipping away from him, you know you're panicking and just yep. had a irrational. Finished off the Olympics and just thinking his life is not worth living. No, he wasn't. He wasn't suicidal or anybody. He's yep. like this. You know, what? What the hell? I've let myself doing? down. I've let myself down. Country. country down. I've, this is hopeless. And uh, and took a, a long time to come back. And then he sort of contrasts that, and he managed to um, figure out what was going on, and 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 he decided, you know, this having that goal that you've got n- not a lot of control over yeah, is exactly. not the right thing to be doing. And so what he managed to do, he still had that goal. You know, so you still got to have those big hairy goals that people talk about but you've got to sort of move them to the side and focus on the things that you can control um, you can't control what other people are doing in the race you know you might have a guy that decides he's injured he might just blast it off the bike and go maximum effort and if you try to stay with him you're going to sabotage your own race so mm. fast forward to four years to Athens you know apparently then he, a couple of days before Athens people read his book and he talked about he was crapping himself again and he really had to pull, pull himself together he was in bloody tears and, really? and thought it was all over again um, but he managed to pull it together and on race day you know instead of standing on the start line thinking right I've got to win Olympic gold it's all about Olympic gold he was standing on the start line thinking right what am I doing here I my focus here is I'm going to have a good dive start and I'm going to get that first, so first 10 again. 15 seconds so you just got to blitz it off the line I've got to have a, you know get half a body length up and I'm away and uh and all the way through the race he was focusing on 
on, on those sort of things um, rather than focusing on the, the gold medal. And uh, and one, probably one of the interesting things he said that, that, that stuck in my mind was late in the run, um, they were running along and people remember the what I mean the Kiwis remember this very fondly but other people around the world won't but what happened on the bike there was a breakaway of six or seven of them and they're Two on Kiwis the, in there yeah and then on the run it came down to three people there was Hamish Bevan Doherty and Sven Reeder who's a Swiss guy and they're running along running along staying together the whole way and then towards the end of the run um, Hamish and Bevan pull away from yeah, him so you knew a Kiwi was going to win yeah you put it, Bevan put on a big surge he said and uh, Hamish hung on to his surge and then Bevan said uh, under his breath he said right which We've dropped, we've dropped him, we've dropped him. And, uh, and then Hamish sort of thought to himself, oh, hold on, Bevan's focusing on other people. He's focusing on things he, he can't necessarily control. And then Hamish was just focusing on the process again. So he was just focusing on what he could do to get to the finish line as quick as possible. Yeah. And at that moment, he kind of felt that things were in his favour a little bit more. But it was, it was an interesting, really interesting speech. And if, if you're in the corporate world and you're ever looking for a speaker, obviously you know, you've got to pay quite big bucks to get guys like Hamish Carter along. But very, very good story for not just for athletes but for people that are just having to deal with adversity and, and in a work sense, so, you know, just getting things into perspective. Wow. So really, really good stuff. Oh, we're good. We'll we, we, we try to get him on um, the new podcast we're going to be doing, Legends yes. of Triathlon, and we will try to get him on that um, when when we kind of over the next few months once we start releasing the show. So, and Bevan, training update from you. We need some some training stories. So we, uh, you know, John, I've got slower. Breaks my heart. Really? Yeah, because I've got this iPhone and it tells you how fast you're running. And yeah. I've been like I'm only averaging. I'm struggling to get four minute k's out. Oh, goodness. I know. I'm, not, I'm just not that fast at the moment. So I've, for this race, I've never really like you know what I've trained well. I've done the amount of running I should be doing. So. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a, I've got a race coming up in a few weeks if you don't know I'm doing the Abel Tasman which is a stunning race mm-hmm. in New Zealand it's probably one of the most beautiful races you could do in New Zealand and uh, the mountain snow is going to be there mm-hmm. yeah and so um, and, and the, the goal for this race was just to have something to train for to get me you know a bit motivated and so I've been really disciplined with my training and oh the snow week was a bit poor but the rest yeah. of it's been pretty good and and uh, yeah I just my, my, my time just aren't that fast so yeah so yeah. I'm going to come out of this race and maybe look at doing a marathon I'm trying to get my speed back up because yeah, like I'm going for runs and I'm averaging like four minute tens. Yeah, be right. I think on that course, a bit of a power course because you got yeah. little climbs, you got lots of corners, me. so you're going to be accelerating, decelerating a lot. It'll probably suit you. It probably wouldn't suit me very well. Yeah. So I don't know if, if I could put off a top ten, I'd be pretty happy. You're saying top five, but five. <laughs> the thing is, it's all depending on the field. Do you know what I'm going to do? I was going to process focus, process you know, focus, process focus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> interesting to see how the start pans out. I know they do a bit of a staggered start. I have to drop the hammer there a little oh, bit. Do they? Might, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I have a feeling oh, they do. Oh, do they? But I'm, I'm, I'm a, you, may, you can correct me on that later. Yeah, um, I, I, I want to pace myself. I don't want to go too crazy too early because mm. that's always been my fault in the past. I go too crazy too 32 early. 32Ks. 36, I think. 36. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Should nice. be good. What else has been happening, been happening in your life? I've uh, started my training pro- program for Auckland. Nice. When's today? Auckland? December, uh, no, November 20th. So I'm looking to trying to get about 10 hours training a week. Going well. Day two completed. Did you get a good swim this morning? Oh, it's just good to be swimming. So I'm, I'm, bump, I'm, I'm 100% increasing my swimming. I'm going from once a week to twice a week. Nice. You have really lifted the game. Cranked about 5K this morning. So any, it's goss, any non-tri-goss? Father's Day. Oh, did you get anything? A frying pan. <laughs> you got more than I got. Um, I got a text. Yeah, nice. <laughs> frying pan. Yeah, I was hoping for a beanbag. Didn't she didn't come through with a beanbag? Oh, did you drop the hints on the beanbag? Mm, I did. Also, I also did drop a few things on 
frying pan, but I was like, oh, I kind of want the bean bag. Oh, bean bags are good at bean bag. Yeah, we've got one bean bag, so it's often a bit of a uh, tussle. We've only got one, but it's, you need one with us. Mm. Smaller family. Right. Yeah. yeah. Bean bags uh, are good. The only problem with bean bags, you know the problem with bean bags? <laughs> What's the problem? You can't sleep on them. They're too uh, noisy. Yeah, our kids will uh, dispute that. <laughs> oh, yeah, or you, I always find when you sleep on a bean bag, every time you move your head, mm. it makes too much noise. You've got to have a pillow. Right. But bean bags rock. Mm. They do rock. Um, outside of that, Bevan? No. <laughs> Just no. can't think of much. Just no. <laughs> can't think of much. Um, what have I been up to? I've, been, I've just been working a lot. Crazy. I know, it's just crazy. madness, John. I say madness. Mm. Um, what have I got coming up? Um, um, I have nothing. Oh, no, this weekend. Going to the Rugby World Cup. England, Argentina. England are going down. I so hope the Poms go down. And I know you Poms do. I know we've got lots of listeners in the world, in the Pommy world. Yes. You know what? But you copy our uniform, you're not getting my love. Exactly. I was going to support the Poms. They'll probably be wearing that black uniform down there because Argentina's quite a white uniform, white and... Um... So that would just be insults or injury, won't it? Yeah. Do you know what we're doing? We're getting all pretty dressed up. I'm pretty excited about getting dressed up, but guess what I'm going to do, John? What? I'm going to make a sign that says, bring back Maradona. Right. Nice. <laughs> nice. nice. My goal was to get our crew on TV. Yeah. And I figure if you put bring back Maradona at a rugby game, that's bound to get on the screen, isn't it? Okay, I'll be watching. Yep. So, yeah, the World Cup in New Zealand starts this weekend. It really sucks for us Cantabs because because of the earthquake, um, they had to take the games that were going to be in Christchurch away because our stadium's pretty much screwed. And so um, there's, and there's, there's, no, no, there's there, no hotels either. Yeah, and there's no atmosphere. Like, you know, like... You, I imagine if you're in Dunedin or Wellington or Auckland right now, there's a lot of buzz because it starts this weekend. So there's you know so much buzz around, and it's on TV, but it's it's kind of like watching it if it was in Australia. You kind of I'm kind of excited. I'm pretty excited. Oh, I'm excited, but it's yeah. not like you're going around town and you're seeing all the yeah, that thing. That thing in Hackley Park's looking pretty funky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it does look funky, but yeah, yeah. No, it's going to be going off. It's going to be, you, you got to go there all the time, are you? Well, I would if my, my wife's going to be bloody working there, so I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> What's she going to be doing there? Well, there's pie stand. My, my sister's <laughs> working in a pie stand. My sister-in-law, she's got the Ocean's Divine um, oyster oh, pies, and Belinda's going to be helping her out. So I said, well, that's great. I'm going to be stuck at home for every flipping World Cup game. Oh, that sucks. So, have they got a big screen, are they? I've got two big screens. It's going, to be, it's going to be really good. So how many people do you think will be able to handle? I don't know. Thousands. Uh-oh. That's what they're planning. It's thousands. Uh-oh. Thousands, he says. So it's big times in New Zealand. Um, it's going to be it's, World Cup it's, predictions. We'll well, pre- who's going to win? I think we should. It's just going to be. It is going to be a Hamish Carter story. It's going to be fascinating to see if they can mentally handle it. They are. It's, just, it's exactly like Hamish going into Sydney. Yep. They're the favoured team. Yep. Um, they're not massively clear favourites, but on their day, they mm. they they. they if, if every team played their best. 80 minutes of rugby, the All Blacks should win. Yes. Um, but Do you still listen to sports radio? A little bit, yeah. Yep. Yep. Sure, they're talking about that right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be great because for them, it's all going to be men- it's going to be mental. And I'm just really interested to see how they, how they go. But I think, I think we've got the right mix of young and old because mm. the, the guys in key positions are experienced, but we've also got young guys. Yeah, I think we're taking it home. It's exciting times. Rugby yep. World Cup. Rugby World Cup team. You guys are going to hear so much about this. The, the Americans over yeah. <laughs> and the people from non-rugby nations are going to be loving the next six weeks of the show. Yeah, at least six weeks. Yeah. yeah so right. It's a good time. So next week is going to be a massive show. We're going to have a – I'm going to put it out there. We're going to have a bit of a question and answer special. Actually, what would be really cool – I'm going to try so hard to get on TV. I am going to do Bring Back Maradona. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because that would be awesome, especially when we dress up, because the Pommy listeners will be watching it. Mm. So Pommy listeners of this show, if you see me on TV... You should wear I Am Talk jersey, because that is the colours of Argentina. No, we're, we're, getting, we're making our own jerseys. Okay, well, why don't you put on your sign, I Am Talk somewhere? Okay, I will, I will. Yeah, okay, I will. It. Okay, we bring that Maradona and I have an I Am Talk on it. And, it'll yeah. be, and our goal is to get on TV, John. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yes. Iron uh, Rust. I mean, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.